Christmas, everybody. Believe it or not, we are about 37 and a half hours from Santa making his arrival. It is not far. It's amazing how quick uh, this month has flown by. I don't know if it's been as crazy for you guys as it has been for us, uh, but it seems like it was just like October a week ago. Uh, but it's the most wonderful time of the year, and we're in the last part of our series today called The Highest, looking at Christ above all things. And hopefully you've gotten our mantra down by now, the kind of our theme statement for this series. But that is this, that when I give God the highest glory, he gives me his deepest peace. I hope that you've started to have that settle into your heart. Um, I'm so grateful for that peace, especially as hectic as this time of year can be. In fact, uh, Friday night at six o'clock, I think it was probably like the greatest one hour in the history of our church, and there was no church service going on. Uh, This is how cool it was. Friday night at six o'clock, we had one family hosting a family for dinner who they had recently met from our Thanksgiving Mission OB, and they were able to bless that family with a $500 gift card for some groceries from Kroger. Not only that, we had another individual from our church who had gone to bat for another family that found out about us from Mission OB who didn't have any furniture, and they got them a bed, they got them a couch, a lamp, a table, um, all kinds of stuff that they were able to bless that family with. Not only that, but there's another family who found out about us through Mission OB who has, it's a single mom, 27 years old, she's got three kids, they didn't have any winter clothes and didn't have anything for Christmas. So another family had purchased uh, like five bags of clothing for these kids for Christmas. And those were delivered right here at 6 o'clock. And then just a little bit after 6 o'clock right here at City Church, my personal favorite of all these, and I love a generous church, uh, but Dwindle and Lori tied the knot and got remarried. Uh, And so, man, we serve an amazing, amazing God. And it was so cool to me to see so many different people serving God in different ways, using their gifts, using their finances, using their time, their talent, their treasure to glorify God. And at the same time, seeing how faithful God can be and how even when the enemy tries to tear things apart, even when the enemy tries to come in and and destroy a marriage, that God can still be greater than that. Man, such a beautiful, beautiful thing to be a part of. And so I'm so grateful for God's peace. And I know, man, God is glorified this past Friday night by this church, by the people of this church, and not just Friday night, all throughout the week and throughout the year, but I was especially proud to be the pastor of City Church this past Friday night. If you would, go ahead and open your Bible to Psalm chapter 69. Back when we started this series, I told you that this was something that we had kind of stumbled across, my wife Melody and I, she's actually teaching our juniors class today, Uh, But we had stumbled across a couple of years ago from a church called Elevation Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, and that God had used this series to really speak to us in in a very deeply meaningful way. In fact, I would say this message that we're going to get into today is based off some of the material from that series, um, and it's probably one of the top three most impactful messages for me personally that I've ever heard. I, I could, if I had the time, I could take you through all the ways that this message has impacted me and, and my family and what we've been able to do with it. And I hope today that it can do the same for you. I hope that it can encourage you, that it can inspire you, that it can enlighten you to how amazing our God truly is. This morning we're going to talk about 
gratitude. And this is something that you probably maybe associate a little bit more with Thanksgiving Day rather than Christmas. But I think there's no time of year where gratitude is more appropriate for us to develop as a heart, as an attitude, and to learn to express than at Christmas time. Uh, starting in Psalm chapter 69 in verse 30, it says, I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. If you came in looking forward to our worship team and our time of worship together and you're like, why is he already preaching? Don't be worried. We are going to worship God at the end of our message today. We're going to express our gratitude together at the end. We're going to give you that chance. Um, Verse 31 says, this will please the Lord. Worship him. Thanksgiving to him will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with its horns and hoofs. This is a pretty big deal. In the Old Testament, in the the era when this passage was written, the way that you came into God's presence, the way that you actually honored him, the way that you absolved your sins, the way that you were able to connect with him was through the sacrifice of animals, bulls and oxen and goats and doves. There was a whole system, and then you had to do it on a regular basis. And so this was the, the way that your sins were forgiven, And yet the psalmist, who is King David, he says, worshiping God, glorifying him, giving him thanksgiving, will honor him even more than the greatest sacrifice we could make. Gratitude is of the utmost priority to God. It is so significant to him. It is woven all throughout the passages of Scripture. And I'd have to say, if I was to be honest, I don't believe that this is a virtue which is valued nearly as significantly in our culture as it is in the eyes of God. I don't think this is something that we get or that we incorporate into our lives nearly to the degree that God is calling us to. One of the greatest ways for us to give God the highest glory is to express our deepest gratitude. And so here's our statement for today. Obviously, I can speak only for myself. I can't speak for anyone else in this room, but I hope that you would join me on this journey to developing a greater heart of gratitude and expressing it more deeply. But here's my statement very simply. Because I have been given such great gifts, I will have a grateful heart. Man, I hope that all of you would grab hold of that and you say, you know what? I have been given great gifts. God has been good to me. He has blessed me. And because God has been so good, I will have a grateful heart. I look around at my life and I see so many things that God has done for me, so many ways that he has shown himself so strong and so mighty and so faithful. I look at all the ways that he's forgiven me. I look at all the times that he's protected me and probably millions of times that I didn't even know he was protecting me from something. And I know that God is good. He is so good. Doesn't mean everything always goes my way. Doesn't mean that circumstances of life are never painful or discouraging. But God is incredibly good to me. In fact, he's so good to me, I believe that gratitude is the only appropriate response. So this morning, I want to give you five observations about gratitude. I encourage you to get out a pen and a notepad and to jot these down. I don't know that all five of them will speak to you as deeply as they have spoken to me, but I can just about guarantee you, if you will lean in to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you today, at least two or three of these statements will really grab hold of your heart, and change the way you look at who God is and what he's doing in your life. 
We're going to base these off of a few scriptures, and we're going to give our scriptural basis for the most part before we get to our observations. I just want to show you how this is not just based on one or two verses, but this is woven all throughout the passages of the Bible. One example is Psalm 22.3, which tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. I don't know what your situation is today. I don't know what you're going into on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve or whatever may be coming up. But I know this, if you want God to show up in your situation, if you want him to show up at your workplace, if you want him to show up at your Christmas party, the greatest way to invite God into your circumstances is to praise him. He will inhabit your praises. And if you need him to show himself strong in your life, you are giving him permission when you praise him, when you give him thanksgiving. Psalm 100 verse 4 tells us to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. This is how big of a deal gratitude is to God. He says, when you come to me, of all the things you could do, the thing I want from you first and foremost and primarily is thanksgiving and praise. That when you go to God, when you make your request known to him, and I believe that we can go boldly before the throne of grace because we have a God who is good and who loves us. But when we go to him, the very first thing out of our mouth should be praise. I remember when we went to Mexico a few years back, I was so amazed as we were surrounded by this third world nation and these people who had so little compared to everything that we did. And there was a a pastor there who we worked with. His name was Pastor Francisco Ramos. And I just love saying his name. Uh, And Pastor Ramos, every time he would pray, you know, the first word out of his mouth was gracias. And I don't speak much Spanish. I speak very, very little Spanish, but I think that means thank you. It was so cool just to see that in the midst of seemingly having so little, Pastor Ramos understood he had so much to be grateful for. And it was very eye-opening and enlightening for me. See, gratitude is so significant to God. It's not just in the Old Testament. It pops up in the New Testament as well. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Say, rejoice always. Everybody say, always. always. Pray continually. Give thanks In some circumstances. Thanks in all circumstances. When it's going good, give thanks. When it's going bad, give thanks. When you see the solution, give thanks. When you don't know where to turn, give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, one of the big things in our generation of Christianity, and I think this is not a bad thing, but we want to know God's will. Man, we are always chasing God's will. Man, should I take that job? Should I date that person? Should I change my major? What is God's will for me in this and this and this? And I think that's great. I think we should want to discover God's will. But here's what I think. I think the best way to finding God's specific will for our specific situation is beginning to do the things that we know is his general will in all situations. And that if we'll do the thing that he says, black and white, No question about it, this is my will for you, that you would give thanks in all circumstances. If we would start to do that and value God's will to that degree, I believe he's going to start revealing to us the specifics and the details for our certain situation. If you'll give him thanks, if you'll show him gratitude, it will lift your life. Last verse for right now is Colossians 3, verse 17. It says, and whatever you do, whether in word Or indeed, whether you're speaking to someone or in your actions, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then it goes on to say this, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever you do, do it in Jesus' name, number one, and give thanks to God the Father, number two.
and I could go, again, over many, many more scriptures for you. Hopefully that's enough to convince you that gratitude's kind of a big deal to God. Hopefully you see the significance that he places on it. I believe it is the highest order in our relationship with him. It's how we should come into his presence. It should be like a canopy spread out over our lives that wherever we go, we never venture out from under the curtain of thanksgiving. That we are always, always, always maintaining gratitude at all times, in all seasons, in all situations. We should be grateful. So I'm going to give you these five observations about gratitude that will really lay a foundation for you as you go into this Christmas week and really wrap up your Christmas season and, and launch in to 2013. Because I think sometimes we go into situations and it's sometimes difficult to see what do we really have to be thankful for. We see the stress and the pressure and the drama and the things that we're missing are the things that we've lost and we can lose sight of how much we truly have. So five observations about gratitude. Number one, very simply, Gratitude is never invisible or silent. It's never invisible and it's never silent. Some people will say something from time to time like, well, I'm real thankful. I just don't really show it a whole lot. I don't, man, if you knew my heart, you would know I got a lot of gratitude in there. You know my heart. And it's like, well, no, I'm not a cardiologist. I don't know your heart. It has to be spoken. It has to be shown. It has to be demonstrated. Pastor Pat Gosnell, the lead pastor of the church that my family went to in North Carolina when I was in high school, he used to say this. He used to say, it doesn't go without saying. It doesn't go without saying. And he put it in the context of human relationships uh, that you can't just assume that your wife knows that you love her. You can't just assume that your wife knows that you're beautiful. It doesn't go without saying. I'm so grateful that God's blessed me with an amazing life partner, and I'm so amazed that she loves me the way that she does because she loves me so much more than I deserve. And I constantly look for opportunities to tell her because my pastor put into me from such a young age, it never goes without saying. How much more is this true with God? It doesn't go without saying. Gratitude cannot be silent. It cannot be invisible. It cannot just be something that's in our heart. It must be something that comes out. And I believe this is scriptural. Luke 6.45 says, from the abundance of or the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, if you truly have a grateful heart, it will be spoken. It will be demonstrated. It will be shown. It will not be silent or invisible. And everything we talk about today will apply uh, both to our vertical relationship with God and our horizontal relationship with others. We're going to look at it primarily through the lens of the vertical relationship. But in whatever scenario you go into, whether it's your walk with God or your time with others, I want you to know that gratitude always shows up and it always speaks up. If you're truly grateful for what God is doing in your life, you'll find a way to express it. You'll find a way to verbalize it. It will not be hidden. And I'm going to prove it to you. Not actually from the Bible, but from probably the last thing you would expect today. I'm going to prove it to you from an episode of Oprah. This is actually one of the final episodes of Oprah that ever played with the last talk show that she hosted. Uh, and it was uh, an episode called Oprah's Favorite Things. And if you're familiar with Oprah, she did this kind of on a regular basis where she would just give away whole tons of stuff. Uh, and the studio audience would react in a, a quite amusing way. If you'll go ahead and roll that video for us, uh, check this so out. how about we meditate on this?
right. Let me tell you something. That was not a talk show. That was a worship service. This was one of the last episodes before Oprah left to start her own denomination. I mean, her own network. Um, And they know how to express some gratitude to Oprah. And I look at that, and then I look at the way that we come to church. I look at the way that I come to church. And I think, how awful does it have to be for God to look down and see how people can lose their minds and lose their dignity in incredible ways to celebrate that Oprah wants to give them something. When he sent his son to die for me. If you go and and watch that episode, you'll find out some of the things that were given away. One of them was a $130 container of popcorn. There were some Uggs boots, and at the end of the episode, which nobody knew this when they were losing their mind right there, but at the end of the episode, she actually gave everybody in the studio audience a car. And that's pretty awesome. If I was given a free car, I would probably freak out as well. Everyone, yes, that's what I said. Uh, but how much more so should we lose our minds in gratitude to the one who saved us? to the one who loves us, to the one who sustains us, to the one who doesn't count our sins against us, to the one who is for us and not against us? How much more should we express verbally how amazing he is to us? They're raising their hands and praying in tongues and who knows what to Oprah. And yet God's people so many times come to him and to his presence half-heartedly. And man, I got a conviction when I saw that. God deserves better. He deserves so much more from us. And we need to be a people, we need to be individuals and families and a church of extreme gratitude. Man, if they can forget their sanity, if they can disgrace themselves and embarrass themselves to that degree over some free stuff, a car that's going to break down one day, some popcorn that's going to be eaten, some boots that are going to go out of style, how much more? Should we give him everything when we come to worship him? I got convicted myself that my worship needs to go to a higher level. And I would challenge you and encourage you. Maybe you're in the same place. If your gratitude towards him is silent or invisible today, this is why we're doing worship at the end of service. Because we're going to make it spoken and visible. We are going to demonstrate some gratitude to the one who left heaven and came to earth for us. You guys with me on this? Man, how awesome is the challenge? How awesome is the opportunity to worship God? Not only that, he actually says he inhabits our praises when we do. He actually shows up when we give him our gratitude. If you're be grateful, you'll show it, you'll speak it, you'll express it. Second observation about gratitude is that gratitude sustains joy and blessing. Gratitude sustains joy and And blessing, one of my greatest pet peeves in life, and I don't have this mastered myself, but it drives me crazy when I'm around somebody who's just extremely ungrateful. Me and my my wife and I, we love to be generous as God allows us to, and we we like to find opportunities to bless people. And every once in a while, you'll go out of your way to do something for somebody, and it's like they just didn't even notice. Like they just didn't even care. And it drives me crazy when it happens, but it doesn't drive me crazy because I'm giving them stuff and I want them to, to honor me or to be so grateful that I'm such a good guy. It's not about that. It hurts me because I know that they're robbing themselves of an incredible opportunity to be blessed when they don't have a heart 
of gratitude. Here's the best way that I can illustrate this for you. I am not a musician uh, at all. I, I did take a piano class at one point in my life, and all I learned in this piano class in eighth grade was how to play uh, Nothing But a G-Thing Baby by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, and we didn't learn that from our teacher. I'm not advocating it. I'm not endorsing it. I'm just being real. That's what I learned. It was like, that's what I learned. Uh, but as far as playing, but I did learn some basics about the piano itself, about the, the ebony and the ivory and the pedals. And on a typical piano, there's three pedals. And I believe it's the one furthest to the right is known as the sustain pedal. And what this pedal does is it enables you to play a note and to hold that pedal down with your foot, and that note will ring out. It will amplify out, and it will hold the note long after you've released the key. And you see, this is what gratitude does with our blessings. Let me demonstrate it for you from the opposite end of things. You know how through the power of bitterness, something terrible that happened to you seven years ago can still hurt you today? Something somebody said, something someone did to you, through the power of bitterness, the enemy who who's knows what he's doing, he can bring that thing up and point your mind to it. And that thing that somebody said seven years ago, that person could be dead today, still hurts and still impacts you. That, that pain carries out. It sustains out through bitterness. Well, that same power that bitterness has is the power that gratitude has for us to wring out our blessings. And so something that God did in my life back in 1999, I can be grateful for it today. It can bless me today. It can encourage me and lift me up today through the power of gratitude. I can hit the sustain pedal on something God has done and go through a valley, go through a dark time, go through a challenge, and still see that I'm blessed because of the power of gratitude. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Psalm chapter 77 verse 11 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember the miracles of long ago. You see, the things that have happened in your past, the thing that God has done for you sometime before today is designed to bless you today. Doesn't mean God's not going to bless you again. Doesn't mean he's done blessing you. Doesn't mean he's done doing miracles at all. But the things from the past are supposed to impact us today in a positive way. And it's the power of gratitude that allows that to happen. Gratitude sustains joy and blessing. Third observation today is that gratitude begins where my sense of entitlement ends. Gratitude begins where my sense of entitlement ends. Raise your hand if you've ever sent a thank you letter to the IRS for your tax return. You're a liar. Uh, you never even had a tax return, Noah. Uh, none of us do that. Why? Because it's our money. We're entitled to it. We're not grateful for that check. We might be grateful that we get to go spend it, but we're not celebrating the IRS when they send it to us because it's ours because we have a sense of entitlement to it. And gratitude begins where entitlement ends. See, in today's day and age, one of the things that's been developed, which is so awesome to, to make our lives convenient and simple, is this thing called direct deposit. And some of you have this set up where you go to work or whatever system of, of pay you get, they do direct deposit. And so you never get a paycheck, you never see the money, it just automatically, first of the month or whenever you get paid, goes straight into your account. 
And for many of us, then we also pay bills online or whatever. And so we literally will never see the money. It'll go into our account and then back out of our account and never even existed. And, and it's hard to get real excited about payday when the, you never even see it. I think sometimes it'd be good if we just got paid in $1 bills. Man, if you could just make it rain. Like how much more would you appreciate your paycheck if you just got to dance around in it for a couple of minutes before it started going back out? Right? I'm just being real. Uh, well, in the Old Testament, they had a system of cashing checks. We already talked about it a little bit where they would go periodically and make a sacrifice to atone for their sins. And every time they went and they paid the price for their sin or they used this ox or this goat or this bull or this dove to pay the price for their sins, they got a reminder of the power of their sin and of what God was extending his mercy towards them to cover over their sins, to ignore their sins. It was a constant reminder. Now, we don't live in that day and age. We don't have to offer sacrifices. Jesus Christ came, the ultimate sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice, and he lived a sinless life, and he died a martyr's death for you and for me. And because of that, once we receive his salvation, there's a direct deposit put into our account each and every day. The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. And so it's directly deposited into our accounts every day. We don't have to cash a check. We don't have to constantly be reminded. But in the midst of that, the danger is that we forget. The danger is that we lose sight. We don't have the constant reminder that something has to die to cover for my sins, like they had in the Old Testament. This system is far greater. We are far more blessed than the Israelites were. I'm not saying we need to go back to that. But I am saying we need to remind ourselves of how blessed we are. Sometimes it's good to remember the price that Jesus paid for us. See, I should receive every blessing that God gives for me, gives to me, and be grateful for it like it might be my last, while simultaneously lifting my head and looking up to the Father because I know He has another blessing in store for me. And what often happens is that it's the unexpected blessings that we're grateful for. It's the unexpected blessings that we get the most excited about. Somebody walks up to you on the street and gives you a $20 bill. You freak out. You get a $2,000 paycheck. It's just the way that it goes because it's expected. And so here's what I believe. I believe that we could get so good at gratitude, and I'm not here yet, but I think we could get so good at gratitude that even the expected blessings we're grateful for. That even the expected blessings of God, the expected things that we know he is faithful and we know he offers healing and we know he offers salvation and we know he hears every single one of our prayers and we know he's always there for us and we know he inhabits our praises. We know that and we expect it, but we can still be grateful for it even though we expect it. I think we could get to that place in our gratitude that the things that are expected are blessings to us. You know, many times I think we miss opportunities to be grateful because we just don't even realize it. Here's the truth. You woke up this morning. Somebody didn't. You went to put your legs on the floor this morning and take a step. And most of us in here, your legs worked. Somebody's didn't. You stepped out from under the covers and you stepped into a warm house, house because you have power and heat. Somebody didn't. You sent your kids to school two weeks ago. And they came home. Somebody's didn't. And how many times do the expected things in life, the little things, get so overlooked when in fact they are incredible, amazing, mind-blowing miracles and blessings of God? 
And I want to get the heart of gratitude so that even those things that are expected, even those things that happen every day, that I can look at them and see the amazingness and the wonder of a God who is so good to me. That's the kind of gratitude I desire. We view God sometimes like he owes us something. God cannot pour out his blessing into something or someone who feels entitled to it to begin with. We have to receive it and realize how much of a blessing it truly is, which brings me to observation number four. That's this. Grateful people can find a blessing, enlarge a blessing, or create a blessing in just about any situation. You ever been around somebody like that where it doesn't matter how bad the day is going, how terrible things are around them, they're finding something to be grateful for. They're finding the blessing in the midst of it. Sad thing is the opposite is also true. Ungrateful people can find a burden, enlarge a burden, or create a burden in basically any situation. And I'm going to just give this to you straight. I tried to come up with a better way to say it, and some of you might leave the church because I'm going to say this. Probably not. I don't think at our church, but some churches people would leave for what I'm about to say. But I don't know any other way to say it. You're going to remember it because I said it this way. So I'm just giving it to you raw and real today. Some people are crap factories. They just are. It doesn't matter what you put in, crap comes out. Doesn't matter how good of a thing, how good of a situation you give them, they take it and they process it into crap. And you know that you've noticed it. You know you've seen it. Man, some people, they're like, yeah, boss came to me and told me I got a raise. And you're like, dude, that's awesome. High five. Congratulations. Well, now I'm just going to have to pay more taxes. It's like, dude, you got a raise. Why are you like this? It's like, oh, man, don't talk to me. You're a crap factory. Be grateful for something. Man, summer comes and it's too hot. Winter comes and it's too cold. You're like, well, what do you want it to be? Well, I want it to be 73 degrees. And then springtime and it's 73 degrees. It's like, man, I just wish the weather would change. I just need some seasons. I don't want it to be the same all the time. And it's like people are always looking for something. And I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying this is you, although I'm probably some of crap factories in this room right now. But, man, the opposite is so true. And I'm going to get off of that before you all get too upset with me. But you can take a blessing, and you can find it, you can create it, you can enlarge it in any situation. And it's really simply a matter of perspective. What are you looking for? Are you looking for the good, or are you looking for something to complain about? Are you looking for the blessing, are you looking for the opportunity to be grateful, or are you looking for the reason to complain, to be negative? Are you looking for the burden? I want to be one of those people who finds a blessing, creates a blessing, discovers a blessing, sustains a blessing in every situation. Man, I don't ever want God to look down and think, man, you are so blessed and you don't even realize it. Why are you so ungrateful? God, forgive me for the times where I'm ungrateful for your incredible blessings, where I look for something to be so discouraged about when I have so much to be encouraged about. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's natural. I'm not saying I've got this down by any means. But I'm saying God is calling us to something better, that he deserves something better from his people, myself absolutely included. When you're a grateful person, you can walk into the middle of any situation and find a reason to praise God. And you know what will happen? This is our last point today. Observation number five. When you walk into that situation, gratitude increases favor and creates opportunity. 
don't know about you, but I'd love some more of God's favor, some more of God's opportunity in my life. In the Bible, there's a guy named Joseph. And Joseph, in, in the book of Genesis, is um, kidnapped. He's sold into slavery. First of all, he's thrown into a pit by his brothers. Then he's sold into slavery in Egypt. Then he gets to Egypt. He becomes the best slave that there is. Then he's falsely accused of rape. He's thrown into a dungeon. And in the midst of every one of these terrible things, which every one of those is worse than anything that's ever happened to me. I don't know about your life. I don't know what you've been through. There may be some people in here who have been through some things worse than that. But I venture to say most of us have never been through anything much worse than what Joseph went through. And yet in the midst of each of those situations, Joseph continued to be grateful, continued to glorify God, continued to thank God for who he was and for what he was doing in his life. So what happened to Joseph? God looked down and he saw Joseph in his situation, and he raised him up out of it. And he brought him out of the prison, and he brought him into the palace. And he gave him a place of influence, of honor, of power, of significance. He used Joseph to save a large portion of the world. He restored Joseph's family. He restored Joseph's relationships. Why? Simply because Joseph always had a grateful heart. You see, gratitude increases favor and creates opportunity. If you want 2013 to be a better year, if you need God to open some new doors for you in your relationships and your work situation and whatever it is that you're going through, man, I encourage you, I challenge you, I dare you to walk in gratitude in 2013, to make every single day, all 365 days of the year, a day that you walk in gratitude and see what God doesn't do in your life. See how he doesn't show up and bless you in an incredible way. You know, the Bible says that surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. What if you got to the point where you're like, man, God, you're just blessing me too much. There's just too much goodness and too much mercy. I just need a break. I think you can get there. I think we can get there if we just begin to open our eyes to the blessings that are all around us. If we'd simply begin to walk in gratitude for the things that he's already done for us be thankful for the things that you have. Instead of looking at the things that you've lost, instead of looking at what you used to have, thank God for the stuff that you've still got. Instead of looking for the situation that you missed out on, praise God for the situation that you found yourself in. Man, instead of cursing the fact that you got to spend time with your in-laws this week, praise God that he gave you a spouse so you could have some in-laws. Instead of finding the thing to be so discouraged about, Look for the good in the situation. Praise God for his thankfulness, for his faithfulness, for his forgiveness. Praise him that he's not going to count his sins against you. And when, there's, when you can't thank him for the things that you see, begin to thank him for things that you can't see. For some of the stuff that's in scripture that he's promised you, for those spiritual blessings, which he's given you every single one of them in Christ Jesus according to Ephesians. Begin to thank him for those things. And when all else fails, thank him for Jesus. Jesus Christ left heaven and was born on Christmas Day so that you could be free from your sins. If there's nothing else to be grateful for, there is always that. And that should fire us up. That should cause us to be passionate. I think Tammy's got the right idea. We should give God a praise right now, man. Come on, let's lift him up. Do this. Stand to your feet. Let's give Jesus a round of applause. Let's give him a standing ovation for Christmas. Come on, are you grateful for who he is and for what he's done? God, we lift you up right now. God, we come to you.
God, in such a humbled state of gratitude.